We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Hello, Mavs fans. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Presents Group Therapy. I'm Kirk Henderson, editor-in-chief of MavsMoneyBall.com. Those of you who have been paying attention know that we have had to move our podcast off of being supported by SB Nation. We will be joining another network very soon. In the meantime, I am doing this without getting paid, which means I'm doing this for the love of how much I like this Dallas Mavericks team. Um, the Dallas Mavericks just fell to the tanking uh, Charlotte Hornets, 117-109. to 109. We were put out of our misery by Dennis Smith Jr., who looks fantastic. Congrats to Dennis Smith. Uh, the, the Hornets were posting a B team of players, and they just really, uh, they really made it uncomfortable. Um, Old heads, meaning people probably like 35 or older, may remember a ABC miniseries based on Stephen King's seminal work, The Stand. There's a scene in that movie where a woman can't remember the character's name, but she hasn't. She's a she. The character is mute. She's not talking for a significant amount of the show. And then finally she pipes up to say something uh, with some main characters involved. And she says, we are dead and this is hell. And that is how I feel about this Dallas Mavericks season to date. So here's what we're going to do, guys. I want you to come up on stage and talk to me about how you're feeling Uh I want you to to let loose and, and, and really let this team have it if you think they deserve it. I'm kind of dead at the moment. I don't feel anything. First, we're going to bring up my man Micah, who was unable to join, probably due to technical difficulties the other night. But Micah, what is going on? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? I can. Welcome, welcome, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's there. It's cooked, or as uh, Jason Kidd said, dog shit. <laughs> just, they're so bad, Kirk. Like I don't they know are. what. I don't know what else to say. It's just like you look at this roster and you're like, man, there's maybe three dudes on this roster that would start for any contending team. In that, maybe. I think you're being generous. <laughs> no, it's seriously. Um, 
And then, then with Christian Wood, I remember executive, there's an anonymous executive one time was talking about Andre Drummond and he, and what he said about Andre Drummond was he could give you 20 and 20 and have zero impact on winning a basketball game. That's, that's the wood. Like at the, at the end of the day, we just got like they're, they're soft. They, the tape is out and these guys are just stopped. They're just getting pumped and pushed around like, like some little kids. They're just getting bullied. So, and it's happening from the bottom feeders are doing it too. Like, we're still having to fight for our lives to beat the Spurs and watch shit, you know? Was, like, I don't, like, I don't know when, but, no, we... That that sound court, we just heard, guys, that, that sound we just heard was the Maverick season, the door being shut on it. Absolutely. <laughs> but, no, Mark, Mark Cuban, he definitely wants to go complain about one missed call in a basketball game. Instead of addressing the fact that, hey, dude, your team just gave up 66 fucking points in the paint to a jump-shooting team. Let that sink in. Yeah. The dudes that have been struggling the whole season come into your house and punk you. Like, when are y'all going to have shame? When are you going to say, like, you know what? Maybe I should address that position that I put off for the past decade. And if I can't get a coach to act like that position is important, I might need a new coach. I mean, the coaching stuff is difficult for me because our site called for kid to be let go after that Lakers game. And the vibes haven't been right with the team since. But I also don't know what else kid could do. I mean, he's clearly – like, they clearly don't care what he has to say anymore. So that's, like, a big problem. But they also – like, oh, they, they can't is, play. This is the one thing I want to touch on. No, no, they can't. That's the thing. It's just, like, I kept on um, bitching about his four-guard lineups. And you see these guys on the court, and you're like, oh, shit. That's why. You yeah. put – three bigs in there, and you're still getting your ass kicked on the glass. You're still getting bullied all over the front court. Like, there is no fear whatsoever. They are looking at y'all like pretty much like supposing they're just going to hoe you out. That's what we're going to see. Yep. Until we stop giving these new contracts, this is what we're looking at. We are looking at Portland. That's where our franchise be. Because they never wanted to admit that freaking Narkic's food, they're wasting people's careers. Yep. No, I agree with that. I agree with that because it's it's having real discussions about where your team is. And the Mavericks really made it far last year. I don't – I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding of what, how, like why they got so far last year. They got so far not because they were playing Luka Ball, though that was a part of it, but they got that far because they kept winning the math on shooting variants. And 
they they were right. just okay enough on defense for it to matter, and they and they they did just enough. The problem is when all of their big men take a step back. Right. Maxie's worse. Dwight is worse. Um, Christian Wood is a different kind of player, but he's not been particularly helpful when it matters, despite some of the stat lines he puts up. And then all their defenders are cooked. They have to shoot not 40% from three to win games. They have to shoot 50% from three to win games. And it's, it's it, like, that's just, that's unsisted. You cannot do that. No, it's not, especially, like, I look at this one team in the East, and I'm like, and there's a lot of teams that are uh, built this way. And like Draymond said about Memphis, uh, they're going to get, but this applies to everybody that thinks they're a contender. They're going to get a rude awakening because there's this one team in the East that can shoot 30% from three and still destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing you can do to those guys up front. Well, Micah, thank you for kicking us off. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thanks, Kurt. All right. Okay, guys, a couple of you wanted me to read this uh, this Luca quote from the postgame. He says here, it's really frustrating – I think you can see it with me on the court. Sometimes I don't feel it's me. I'm just being out there, you know. I used to really have fun smiling on the court. It's, But it's just been so frustrating for a lot of reasons, not just basketball. Um, I want to say in the, in the immediate that reading into it's not just basketball is incredibly dangerous. And I refuse to do it. A 24-year-old man, do you guys remember being 24? That's what I'll say. Life comes at you fast. When I was 24, I fell down a metro escalator in Washington, D.C. and had a bar print scab across my back. That was how hard I fell and how hard I slid. I was drunk off my ass. Um, Basically, I, I... I feel for Luca because he has the weight of the world on his shoulders. I think he can carry it, but I also think he's been asked to carry it for a little too long. And, you know, they went through that seven game win streak in December. They entered the new year and I'm pretty sure in the new year, they are under like, so just January 1st forward they're they're at this point, I believe they're eight games under 500 in the new year. He's been asked to do a lot, and it's not fair to him. I do think he played a part in how the roster was constructed. I do think he is why Kyrie Irving is here, because I think he wanted some more help. And unfortunately, this team is just so talent deficient. There are so many wasted roster spots that this stuff has finally caught up with them. What I am particularly amused by, guys, Tim says all of his favorite teammates are gone this year, too. That's true, but Luca did sign off on Dorian Finney-Smith getting traded. Like, they asked him. So, you know, the Brunson thing is a completely different deal, and as much as I want to be hard on the Mavericks, I don't know anyone that thought he was worth a honest-to-goodness max. Um, <sighs> shooting variance is so important to this team, and they just don't necessarily have it. I, I, I find myself... 
the reason I, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to be really mad tonight. You're going to be heated. You're going to be off the guys. Like, I'm sorry. I've been here with this team. I try to take joy in the wins, but like, I've been unhappy with this team for most of the year. Like, again, like signing JaVale McGee. When I was reading Mavs media pundits talking about how JaVale fucking Gee was going to help this team, that was when I knew a lot of the people that I talked to do not know ball. I'm not a very smart man, but it's JaVale McGee. Like, what are we doing? <sighs> this team is just, it, it's a, like, like, Again, I said I wasn't even mad. There's so many mistakes that pile up. Mistakes and things that don't work. You only have so many bites at the apple. And when you make mistakes, it forces you to double down. You know? I just, I don't know. I'm very frustrated. I can't, I really wish I hadn't have seen Mark Cuban wearing that shirt. That that shirt killed me. What did it say? What were the, what were the words on the shirt team? Somebody, question authority. Billionaires don't get to wear that stuff. You just don't get to do it. I question authority. I am a guy with a blog. What are we doing? <sighs> Enough for me. Let's hear to the let's hear from the great people out in Mavsland. Brian, this is your fault. You know that, right? What you mean my fault? I just told y'all what was gonna happen, brother. <laughs> I told you exactly. I'm so glad. I'm so glad you got right to it, man. Bum, 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 bum. What did I say? I said fire Jason Kidd in November when we. Well, I mean, the real like don't hire Jason Kidd. How about that? Listen, I said that too, but nobody's listening to me then. Nobody was listening to me in November. It's fine. I also said the season is cooked. This team is ass uh, after they lost to the Pelicans again with no Brandon Ingram. And like that season was very much hanging in the balance. When they lost that game, I said, Yeah, we're playing for lottery odds and young guy development, like going for it. And I mean, look at what we did after that. We had one game where we pulled the victory out of our ass because AD was like a double agent and LeBron wasn't playing. And we got in like an overtime dogfight with the fucking Spurs for missing players up and down that shitty roster. And, <laughs> man, I, I'm not even going to pretend that I watched this game. I had it on in the background while I was playing 2K with my friends. Excellent. I respect myself, and I'm not going to, like, watch the Mavericks. Center I respect I'm myself. Like, That's amazing. <laughs> I, I have much better shit to do with my night than to let them, like, attempt to upset me. So I checked in on the score every 10, 15 minutes or so. And when I saw at halftime they were down by, like, 15, 17, I said, oh, yeah, they're about to trick this game off. Everybody is going to be mad. Everybody is going to jump onto this boat that I am on, looking for safe passage on the other side of the ocean. I, listen, I'm, I'm glad y'all are here now. I, I, I wish you would have jumped on board with me a, a couple games ago. I think it was like three weeks ago when they lost to the Pelicans. But look, man, this team is bad. This coach is <laughs> at worst. Actively sabotaging. No, I, I really, I, I don't think he's actively. It's just, it's like when when you've lost when you've lost people, you've lost people. Man, listen, he, he's he's definitely lost the locker room. That's for sure. And to be somewhat fair to him, I hate to do it. I truly hate to do it because fuck him. But to be fair to him, 
look at the roster that this team stands to. Everybody on this team, I everybody on this team is just looking like a loser more and more yeah. as the season goes on. From ownership down to the 15th man at the end of the day. And then Dennis being the one to bury the hatchet in them. Whew. I, I, I laughed so hard. Killer shot, too. Like, cause the, like, let's be clear. I have like, I have no idea how that was not a foul on Luka Doncic. He elbowed the guy in the face, and then, and then they get the ball back, and then they get the ball back only for Dennis to hit a thirty-one footer. Game them. They started the season off crazy, getting gamed by a who's that dude on Phoenix? That uh, uh, the stepbrother. I was like in a Damian Lee. They started off the season like three or four games. They're getting gamed by him. And this season got ended getting gamed by Dennis Smith Jr., man. You can't make this shit up. That was that was so funny to me. And I know that Cuban is about to go home and just self-medicate thinking about a Dennis Smith Jr. three point. And I just Cost plus drugs. That warms my heart. Cost plus drugs. God, that warms my heart. Yeah, and they're gonna be cheap. Cheap drugs. Good, 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 good. Oh goodness. Thanks so much, Brian. You got anything else? Uh, <laughs> Let's go lottery on. Thanks so much, Brian. Talk soon. <laughs> That's my favorite one. All right. I see a name I don't recognize as often in here. So we're going to go to some of these folks first. Hope you don't mind. Jeffrey, welcome. Oh, guess not. Guess Jeffrey did not want to come up here. Um, who else we got? Let's go with uh, Dallas. Dallas, welcome to the show. If you're in the chat, pull out, hit that unmute button. Goodness. Okay. Can you hear me? I can. Welcome to the show. Okay, cool. I've never actually jumped on before. Uh, I didn't watch the game. I was at like an improv show. And they checked and they noticed me that I was checking the score a lot. So they dragged me on stage. (gasps) So uh, suffice it to say, uh, emotionally up and down this season. Emotional damage. I'm very sorry. That's amazing. I mean, I got off stage and then found out we lost. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the, the tip of the hat, or the tip of the cap, whatever. Anyway, listen, I, I don't think they should have hired Jason Kidd. I think that was a weird choice. And I think his, I think the perfect replacement for Rick Carlisle is unfortunately coaching for the Hawks now. So... I don't know who the optimal replacement is. I've also heard two different camps of thought of they'll never replace Jason Kidd because then you lose Kyrie for sure. But I just I how can you how could we possibly go into a third season of Jason Kidd at this point? Like <laughs> I well, I regret, you know, the main thing I keep bringing up, and I'm just going to do it more often because I'm an asshole. I don't care. They employed a man who beat off in the office and watched porn for years. I don't see them firing the coach for losing basketball games. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, that's <laughs> what's funny to me is that, like, this is the thing that, like, it's so perverse that losing publicly and getting booed in an NBA game would be the thing that this office would prior this front office would prioritize more than like sexual well clearly clearly everyone everyone at the game tonight was a twitter personality because only twitter people don't like this team that's that's the it's social media that's the problem not the shitty product i don't know man you're not gonna see it much 
you're not going to see Demarcus Lawrence showing up to Morgan. That's a great. That's a great fucking point. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, why, you're not going to get celebrities rolling up if you're just going to get fucking embarrassed by uh, these dudes. Like, I don't know. I, you know, one thing that did I, I saw Mark Stein tweeted that, uh, you know, booze are raining in the third period or the third quarter. You know, I watch a lot of European soccer. It's pretty normal to hear your team get booed when they suck. I don't know how often NBA teams get booed at home. Like, I, I, and maybe I'm just short-sighted because the Mavs have been relatively successful the last couple of years. But, like, what is that thing? <laughs> because, like, if your team is really bad, then it might be good. And you're a lottery team and you're not getting booed, really. But, like expectations are so low at this point again to my point initially i just i'm at the point where like it might be different now where i don't care how much kyrie irving might like jason kidd or how much luca likes being coddled like you cannot bring him back next year and expect to be taken seriously by anybody like his his coaching staff isn't uh, an X and O's friendly coaching staff. He obviously can't draw plays with shit. It's just tough. Like, this is just embarrassing to watch. And Luka just needs to get coached. I don't know. I, I'm, I feel like I'm rambling, but at the same time, it's really hard to come to, like, really at this point because I keep thinking I've seen it all and then to lose to Charlotte after a second road back to Pretty remarkable. Terry Rozier didn't play. Uh, they, they were. They, this was basically their B, their B team. Did they give like Gordon Hayward? Like they, they, they make Gordon Hayward look like God, prime Gordon Hayward. That's incredible. Mm. How, how can you? How can your defense be that bad that I feel like it's like 2017 Gordon Hayward? This is insane. Uh, and sorry, you guys can hear me typing. I don't mean to. I am uh, editing at the same time. Uh, so it is, it is a little bit of everything. So, uh, Dallas, I can hear you, but the team, the team out there can't hear you very well. It's usually like a green light lights up around your name, but it's, um, oh, well, but I appreciated you. Hopefully we'll be able to hear you on the recording. You got anything else? Yeah. No, sorry. Uh, I guess is it time to start speculating where, uh, Luca might get traded or go to free agency? Not quite yet. Next year, next year, we got another year. Sorry for bad quality. No, it's not fault. It just didn't picking you up for some reason. So thanks so much. Appreciate you. Yeah, audio stuff is funky with this app, so we're just going to let it go. Okay, Brian, um, I, I didn't realize you were done writing your post that you were due tonight, so I was ignoring you for another 15 minutes to let you finish writing. <laughs> so so what's going on? Uh, no, all good, man. Uh, hopefully that uh, – I feel like I had fun with that. I don't think anybody's going to read it because <laughs> – Yeah, we don't – yeah, not, the, the, every, everybody's traffic is down after losses. That's the truth. Oh, it, it's okay. Um, and I didn't think we'd want to actively cheer for the Lakers tonight because we want them to actually beat OKC because uh, we have the tiebreaker on the Lakers and we don't have it against a tanky so, OKC team. Somehow. They're not tanky. I mean, I think they just must have realized oh, in, like, the last 15 games that they're not going to actually lose. No, a- absolutely not. And the fact that SGA is not in MVP talk is slander because that guy's fucking great. Um, but, yeah, like, I'm like you. I Usually this team finds a way to make me mad, but I think I'm just so dead inside. I just don't have anything left to give or get mad at. I just have to just laugh at the chaos. But I wanted to – 
I talk about a spicy point, a very interesting kind of swing, kind of quietly we've seen uh, fans and even uh, Dallas uh, media really approach this basketball team. Yes. Very interesting to see the mood change on. Well, I mean, uh, well just like, Kirk, like we've seen, may, we've seen people at, I'll go ahead and say it. I've seen people at uh, here uh, at the ticket actively say kid is gone next year, which I'm just like, whoa, where is this been? <laughs> because the amount of people saying how mid Rick Carlisle was and, oh, well, kid will be a great hire is just, it, it's very fascinating to me to see the, like the, the mood change on just like the team in general, just like kid, Luca, like just very demonstrative. Uh, there was an article that dropped today where um, somebody was actively calling out how bad of a signing JaVale McGee was, which is like, huh, that is the most Captain America article I think I've ever seen drop from like a media outlet all this year on the Dallas Mavericks. But I digress. It is just fascinating to me to see kind of like the mood change because even Callie Kaplan kind of dropped a very brunt, like I, I think in her piece today, she – well, it's not, it was an aggregation. It was an aggregation well, but, of, of Chris Haynes' piece, and she. It's just at a certain point you have to look at it and say, "This is what, this is what Jalen Brunson said happened, and this right. is the results of the mistake down the road." Right, and just I, I think the evidence is so apparent, and like you can't not like acknowledge the, how bad the situation is across the board, and even the most optimistic. Mavericks people, whether they just be fans or media people, are just like, oh, this is this is not good. And what what is your opinion on just like the vibe and tone on how like it, it shifted on this team from like uh, other media outlets that are not like Mavs money? Well, I mean, I, it 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 has much more to do with results than anything else because as you inch closer to the finish line and you like the Mavericks, they stand a real chance of. What's the not making right the play in game? Well, not just not making the play in game, like not winning 40 games. So to go That's from impressive. winning 50, I think 52 last year or whatever it was to, to that far of a step back, like that's going to get, you can't ignore the results. The closer you like when you're, when you're still X number of games off, you know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to say, okay, here's why they can turn it around. Hell, there's reason to do that right now with how bad the rest of the season is. But as you get closer, People start to do, you start to, to not being able to sugarcoat what's happening. And it's not that I think the, the, the local media has sugarcoated this. It's just you expect a team with Kyrie and Luca in the, made the Western Conference Finals to turn it the fuck around. Right. I, it's just, I'm not like the data does not support this. I mean, it's it's like there was a really good piece from Grant Asset today criticizing Luka Doncic's defense in the Warriors game, and it was bad. I'm sorry for people that don't mm-hmm. want to hear that. It was bad. But then I saw, you know, my, my, my friend Istok uh, posted some stats before the game where it's like, well, here's Luka's – here's the defensive numbers with Luka on, and here's the numbers with Luka off, and, the, and not just the game, like the whole season. And it's like 117.8 or – I'm sorry, 116.8 was their defensive rating. That's horrifying. Doesn't matter if Luca's on or off. That's bad. It's like, like it, it's and, and his point was it's not just Luca, which is true. Uh, but it's like the, these sorts of things. It's like we're arguing over like like ant mounds. Like this team is butt, 
And and there's just no other way around it. Yeah, and I I find it hard to really point out. I haven't listened to the post game you and um, Matt have done yet, but I will obviously at, at some point this evening. I find it hard to really point the blame entirely at kid for like just rotations or anything on this game. But I will point the blame, the fact that the Pelicans basically did you a favor. They pounded the Hornets into dust. And at some point, if you are the vibes guy and that's what kid is, he had his two all-stars in this lineup tonight, could not beat, a team on the second night of a back-to-back without two of their core rotation yeah, players. Like, I, I, I'm i sorry that, like, whether he wants to acknowledge that or not, like, I know he said their first quarter, like, uh, effort was awful. Yeah, it was, but how, are you going to take ownership of any of that? Like, if he at some point needs to fall on the sword, but uh, based on his approach, his personality, his image that he wants to, like, like fix he's not going to do that and that's unfortunate yeah it is it is yeah but but i'll hop up buddy and uh appreciate you and uh we'll uh, have fun on sunday noon noon tip off that's right shout out to a noon game all right talk soon what the mavericks were doing is in this case they looked really far into the schedule and they said you know what we're gonna let those dallas mavericks fans watch the season opening of the succession on sunday night um, okay, let's keep going. Andrew, my goodness, it has been a long time. Welcome back. Good evening, Kirk. Uh, this is the first season in my 20-plus years of being a Mavs fan that I'm actively rooting for the head coach to get fired. And sadly, unless Luca tells Cuban to fire kid, there's no way that's going to happen. Uh, yeah. <laughs> in Cuban's entire ownership of the Mavericks, more head coaches have quit than have been fired. Say that again? I need to hear that again. Repeating again, in Cuban's ownership of the Dallas Mavericks, more head coaches have quit than have been fired. So we're talking, let's go through the list. Nelly quit, turned it over to Avery. Avery was the only one to get fired. And then Carlisle quit two years ago, so bring Kid in. Wow. I mean, I sort of think this is a bit of a semantics game because I think that 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 Carlisle quit before he could get fired. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> but, but still. Yes, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, so the chances of Cuban firing kid is only if Luca tells him to do so or he'll leave earlier. Mm-hmm. And, and sadly, what I see happening in June is I hear Adam Silver saying – with the 11th pick in the 2023 NBA draft, the New York Knicks select fill in the blank. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. Andrew, thanks so much, man. You got anything else? Nope. Have a good evening. All right. I got to read this just because I read the earlier one. And look, guys, I've been, I, I'm a, I like, I've liked the Kyrie experience, but uh, this is a, a, a hell of a quote. Kyrie on the bro- booze. In Dallas, so what? You obviously want to play well, but it's you. But you, it's only five people on the court that can play for the Dallas Mavericks. If the fans want to change places, then hey, be my guest. 
Got years of work ahead to be great enough to be on this level. Guys, I got to tell you, that's a bold statement from a dude who's changed teams four times. <sighs> oh, well. Coming up next, let's do Sam. Hey, Sam, what's up? Hey, Kirk, what's going on? Oh, you know, just another day in the madhouse. Oh, yeah, this is the madhouse. Look, so I've said the same two things pretty much the whole season, which is honestly kind of sad. That I truly hate this team, and like, like I said, and the second thing I said is this is this could go down as the worst mouse season of all time, all things considered. Just with the expectations, oh, I want to say expectations. It's just the fact that after game one against Phoenix, where you blow that twenty-five point lead, you would say, okay, this team has some pride, and they came back and beat Memphis. So you said, okay, you know, it's just one of those games, it's an opener, blah 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 blah. Then you have the 16-point fourth-quarter lead with four minutes to go. They, they have some pride. You know, the, the Bucks game where you miss 15 free throws. Oh, they, you know, they're going to fix it. They, they, they're going to make free throws. The, the Lake, I mean, there's more games I'm missing. I can't even think of them, all of them. <laughs> That's the sad part. There's so many games where it's just like, you just just do something different. You win the game. Um, I, can't, I can't remember who said it on Twitter, but basically they went over like, all the leads that the Mavericks had this year. This year. And if they just won half of the games where they were about 10-plus points, they would have 44 wins right now. And that's just the difference right there. This this team, we're stupid. We're a dumb team. Like, whether it's forgetting, you know, to like, look and go in the backcourt or whether it's the, the out-of-bounds play. I don't even care. The referee, oh, I watched that again. The, the Mavs are just dumb. They just weren't paying attention. I'm, they weren't. I'm, no, this whole this whole focus. I'm glad you brought that up because we didn't talk about it on the last post game show because everybody was annoyed uh, about so many other things as we should have been. But the fact that the Mavericks have spent three days on this and then come out here and they led the pel- they led the uh, the Hornets two zero and then never led again. So have some fucking pride over yourselves. Stop like doing this. Oh, we got screwed. Like nobody likes a whiner. Nobody likes a whiner. Get out there. Take control of what you can. And and you know, win games. Yeah, and I mean, I convinced myself. You, you said it last post game. If they don't win these next three games, the season's more so it's over. And I'm convinced it's over because I don't care if they beat the Pelicans on Sunday or the the Hornets on on Sunday. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we're being the Pacers. Just to be honest, uh, Pacers have been on some like go check there, go check what's been happening there. Like Rick Carlisle has a master. Like, like remember what he did with Dallas to get them as bad as they were? Because the the Cuban got in trouble following. I want to say it was the the All Star break where he basically said like we're gonna tank like mad, um, and they did because that team wasn't near as bad as they were. It's just they 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 won the one game we they couldn't have. It was the uh, people were talking about it in the chat earlier. Um, that crazy game against Memphis. Yeah, stupid. Salamedry and the Salamedry and Devin Harris. Ugh. Yeah, that 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 was horrible. But um, you say that, but this team is honestly not any better. So we're not going to beat them. We're definitely not beating the Heat. We're not going to beat the Hawks. I'm convinced of that. And and that's it. Season over. Like e- even if every other team lost ahead of us, that's just how bad the West is this year, which is just ironic. We can still take. We're still getting the play in. We don't. We don't deserve to be. Sure. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to go through that at this point. It's. It's um. This team sucks. <laughs> like Luca, like I feel bad for you. Like you, like that quote he said earlier. You got the weight of the world on the shoulders. It's not fair. It really isn't. 
No, it's but not. It's it's an organizational thing. Like you allowed this team to sign Javel fucking McGee. Garbage within eight games is getting DMP CDs. You didn't want to upgrade. You signed Christian Wood or you traded for Christian Wood, and for some stupid reason, the coach just hates him. I'm convinced he just doesn't like him to where he just wasn't playing enough. And now this is where you're at because you want to experiment throughout the whole season. You you uh, wrestle Luke on back to back to lose a game against Houston where we shouldn't have lost. We lose a game against where we shouldn't have lost. We lose a game against Orlando where we shouldn't have lost. And it's just so on and so on. Oh, like we're losing at home against bad East teams. That's that's pathetic. Like it's it, this team's a joke. So <laughs> all you can do is honestly laugh at this point. This team is a, is a fucking joke. But um, yeah, that's all I got. I'm just mad. <laughs> I understand, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Talk soon. Let's go with Mr. Ramundo. Welcome back. I know you only want to come in here whenever it's a win, but uh, I feel bad if, if, if you're in here after a loss. That means you must be mad. Find that unmute button and talk to us. Give my man a second. It's okay because uh, using this app can sometimes be a little funky. Um, okay. All right. Try somebody else and uh, he's able to get back in here. Mr. Green. Um, a few weeks ago, I said to you, I don't see Luca having any fun out there. Hasn't been smiling, hasn't been, you know, his uh, joyful playing self. Um, obviously, his post-game comments has uh, come around to say the same thing. I think that one of the things that might be eating at him is that $40 million a year. Luca, uh, Kyrie and Kidd are playing, you know, handsies and footsies and best pals in the locker room. He sees it slipping away from, you know, being his team. Um, and, man, he's at, he's at the end of it. And um, like I said, mate, this team is just so, so painful to watch. Certainly is. Um, I, I, I can't see a world in which... Kid, Kyrie, and Luca are together next year. That just—it just doesn't make sense. It's just been such a such a letdown. Um, and I don't think I don't think Cuban's that stupid. Because if Luke, if Luca's saying that to the press after a game, what do you reckon he's going to be saying to Cuban? I earnestly don't know. I mean, he's not been right since he hurt his heel against the Pelicans. Uh, and, I, and I think you could really go further back in some regards, but it's, it's very. To me, it's like um, Luke is like, well, I'm not going to try. You got Kyrie. You want to pay him fifty million? Get him out there winning as a game, and we've we've seen how yeah. that's went. So um, it's looking pretty sad, Kirk. I've got nothing more to say, mate, except for um, you know, it's uh, it's the end of the season as, as far as I'm concerned. They're pathetic. Um, I just don't want to tune in and just spoil my days anymore. So I'm just going to go dig holes in the sand where I'll get more enjoyment. (laughs) I understand. Well, thank you for hanging out with us. All right. Let's go next to, we're going to try to invite, there he is. Let's see if we'll uh, get him back up here. Welcome. All right. I think I got it working. Hello. Hello. I can hear you. Us. 
Oops, he might be in his car. Yeah, we're here. We can hear you, buddy. Oh, well. We tried it, friend. I think it has to do probably with the in-out audio connection in the car. Um, sometimes that, that thing won't pick up. I'm guessing uh, I'm guessing he was at the game tonight. Let's go to somebody else at the game tonight. David, what's up? David expected to pull out of the yep. and said, hey, yep. what's up? There we go. Uh, nothing. Uh, I went to with my dad tonight to uh, to watch my nephew who was there. Uh, uh, he was on the floor like doing a birthday celebration. So that's been awesome. He's like ten with all. His sure. Uh, wish they had gotten a win, obviously, and didn't look like hot, stinky garbage. Um, but yeah, I just uh, I about halfway through the game, like through the second quarter, I was like, just lose. Like I got people to agree and laugh and applaud when I was yelling, sell the team like a dim dumbass Knicks fan from three years ago. <laughs> uh, and by the way, one of them was an employee, <laughs> like one of the ushers uh, was agreeing with me. So uh, yeah, it was God being there, the boos in the third quarter were deserved. This team is just totally given up. And I, I, all I wanted to say was watching warmups. I knew we were in for a rough night because everybody's dicking around. Luca's practicing his stupid bullshit behind the basket corner threes with a bunch of, you know, with like Antoine Wright uh, or whatever his name is, uh, McKinley Wright, the third or uh, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, then like Kleba and, uh, freaking uh, Dwight Powell are you know doing like bullshit like soccer moves in the other corner. Meanwhile, JaVale McGee's like floating around, just high fiving everyone like a. And I'm like, where's the seriousness? You guys lost a game, claimed that it was stolen from you after you let 125 other points get scored at will, up from a three shooting team no less at the rim. I think they what 67 percent the Warriors game, and then tonight. We made we made the Charlotte Hornets in our house look like a damn playoff team. I mean, oh, it just it's this team sucks and they don't even care. That maybe Luca cares, but he's so out of shape right now. There's nothing he can do, and I'm not sure if it's because the injury or just. But he was gassed after a three pointer. I'm not sure if I if it showed on TV, but he hit a three pointer. I want to say it was in the third or early in the fourth, and he came away doing his like you know his little fingers and you know, looking all excited, but he was like visibly gassed and yeah, I, I'm not sure if that came through on the TV, but that, that, uh, these were just the things I noted that I'm just like, this is, this team is so off. One, two, three, Cancun. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to have a hell of a trip when, once he gets there. No, nah, man. Cause know, up next, um, like, like there's an, not to be, you know, there's, I'm pretty sure it's the World Cup this, this summer. There's like a, a real argument to be made that it's best for him and the Mavericks to shut him down now. It's not going to happen, but, you know, he if he wants to play this summer, which of course he does, he could use some rest, he needs to get his body right. He's not, like, his body's not right. This hasn't been right for months with the way he plays and the physical toll he takes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's noticeable. Like he, like I, he's never been a, 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 like a great defender, but like even tonight, his handles look like garbage. I don't, I didn't see the box score afterwards because I just didn't even, bo- I left early. I never leave early. I left with three minutes to go because I have a 6 a.m. flight to, to New York tomorrow. Yeah. So I was like, I'm, you know, I was like, if they win and I don't see it, congrats. <laughs> if, if they, I'm not sticking around the last three minutes to watch them piss away this game. Uh, and I'm glad, I'm glad I didn't, but, uh, 
yeah, what did he have, like five or six turnovers it felt like he coughed up the Five, ball. but he had a lot of – he had ten assists. He had a pretty decent passing game. But Dennis picked his pocket a couple of times. Um, there, there was some <sighs> – yeah. they played good defense on him. They did. And their bigs looked – their bigs, uh, Williams, looked – he looked really solid. Like they, they have some interesting pieces that I'm never even, I, I keep Williams. forgetting they're an NBA team. I like desperately want Mark wanted Mark Williams. He is such a big person and does a lot of the same stuff Dwight does, but bigger. And he yeah. was like point yeah. shaving at points tonight too, like missing layups. Like it was wild. So <laughs> missing free throws. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think he had a couple brick free throws. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just, I feel for everybody on here. I'm just at this point, I'm like, go ahead and lose, lose hard because I did like the other guy said, I don't want to hear with the 11th pick, you know, New York kids. Mm-hmm. So, and so like, fuck it. Maybe, maybe we get some like weird luck for once and get like women. and we can all have a victory cigar heading into next year with actual expectations. So, well, thanks so much for, uh, for, for hanging yeah. out. All right, we're going to give Mr. Raimundo one more track. Third time is the charm. Hello? Can you hear us? I can hear you. Hey, we did it. At least something worked tonight. What's Right, I was at the game tonight. I went with the wife. and Yeah, I mean, what what I saw is I'm going to quote, you know, David pretty closely is like, it was, their, their energy was not there, right? They just showed up and we show up and we pay money to see them and, and they don't want to be there. And that's pretty horrible. Right. I try to be as optimistic as possible. I prefer having good vibes around me than being like, you know, all like negative or whatever. But I mean, just, you know, it is what it is. That's what they are. They don't want to be there. And that's like super annoying. It's really, that that's really something that everybody that was at the game tonight could kind of feel it. Um, I've been I've I've not gone to enough Mavs games in the last ten years to really judge that sort of thing, but it, it it's very clear from the opening tip they didn't take them seriously because the Mavericks led two zero and then never led again. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. I, I mean, I think I've been to like twenty five or thirty games this year. It feels like, and you know, I sit pretty close to watch them walk out of the tunnel, and you know, you're. You get to the point that you're just watching them, and it's just a chore. Some games for them to actually show up. Show up. They're just like, hey, I'm. I'm not gonna. You know, they did that with the Cleveland game this year. I don't know if y'all remember that one at home. I mean, it was pathetic. You know, they just had no energy, um, and you could tell right away. And they did it. You know, they've been doing it all year, <laughs> so it's just pretty weird. Um, like I said, I try to. I'm a very optimistic Maverick fan. Like I still want them to, you know, go to the playoffs if they can do it. Just because I enjoy watching the game, I enjoy watching the team. I invest tons of hours to watching this team, right? So you want to, you want, you know, and money, right? But That's right. Definitely get that out, right? You know, and then you get frustrated as a fan because it's like, why am I paying to go see someone that doesn't want to be there? That's just, and then and, then, and Luca's the number one culprit, honestly. Like, I mean, I. I have a kid named Luca, you know, like that's, <laughs> I have a three-year-old that's Luca. I mean, you know, we, um, we're big, I'm a, I'm a big Maverick fan. And, you know, you get to that point where you're just like, the way that Dallas loves him, they, you know, Dallas fans will turn on him as quick as that. Because if he keeps that attitude next year, I don't care if it's personal issues that he's having. I mean, that's, that, you know, we all have them. I've gone through mine. Um, 
you know, and you just have to be able to get through them, right? I mean, it sucks, right? Sure. Nobody's telling you, like, you know, you he has a job to do, and its job is to play professional basketball for the Mavericks, and now you're kind of, you know, as a person trying to understand, okay, that's that's it's still a job, right? So I'm sure, I'm sure that he sees it as a job, and he sees it as work, but I'm sorry that joyful Luca's not there, and as quickly as you love him, the city will turn on him. And I know that because I've seen it happen. Sure. And it's gonna and it's gonna happen to him if he doesn't get his head out of his ass and he doesn't start just showing up and being a leader for the team. And if that's the case, just get them the hell out of Dallas and I mean I'm being for real. Get them out of Dallas, get what you can for them and restart. Because you mm-hmm. can't win with the guy who doesn't want to show up. And that's it. Well, I'm glad you uh, took some time to, to hop back in here. I do understand, you know, you go to these games, it's part of why I don't go. Like, what you just described is why I don't go as media, because it's it's like it's an endeavor to get to the game and back. So I'm, I'm appreciative of uh, you hanging up with us, all right? All right, man, I appreciate it. I'll hang up and listen. All righty. I love, I love live callers, folks that actually go to the game. Um, I'm going to bring up my co-host, Josh, who did not see the game tonight. He watched uh, something fun in John Wick. Uh, Josh, what are you? What are you up to, man? Uh, <clears throat> I just got done watching something that lived up to the expectations for a change. Ooh, Ooh. you you are so a tough change of pace from our daily. <laughs> no, no, I'm saying I, I, I watched something that lived up to my expectations. Right, so I'm just saying, you saying what... that is impressive to me. Oh, oh, yeah, oh, it was a blast. It's one of the best movies I've seen this year. It's the best of the four. Everyone should go see it. Um, but Kirk. I know I've been talking in Slack. What what happened? Like, I mean, it's what it's I'm what looking at the box last, store. The the last what two happened? live callers like, <laughs> that were that were at the game hit it. The Mavericks played with the energy of a corpse, um, and it came, like the like I gotta tell you, Dwight Powell had an incredible game, and the Mavericks were still getting whooped. I mean, it it was just one of those, and and that's really kind of what it comes down to. Like Frank Nilakina got in and hit some shots. Jaden Hardy bailed the Mavericks out time and again. Kyrie Irving has a 18, uh, 9, and 7 line with one turnover, but he could not hit the broadside of a barn. It was really like he's 6 of 16 really doesn't do justice to how like he missed, I think, five wide open threes. Like his post game comments reflect his own for like in my opinion reflect his frustration with his own play. Like he didn't like the booze, and I understand that, but you know, sorry, Bob, it's sports. Deal with it. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, it's pretty obvious that like his foot, like he's. I, not, well, I think that's why he's, he's so not pissed, right because like, he's like I'm playing through this and I'm getting booed. No. Like fuck y'all, and I like you know I see both sides of it. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, he was in the. I mean, he, before he hurt his foot, he was in the middle of like one of the best stretches of his career. I mean, he was lighting it up since he's been. Tra- I mean, he's been lighting it up all That's season. That's not me typing, guys. That's one Josh. Of his best seasons. That's Josh. Everybody was mad at yeah, me sorry. earlier because I was typing uh, rage typing. No, I'm so, fine. Everything. Else. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, that must suck because. I mean, his last three games before the foot injury: forty, thirty, and thirty-three, and he on um, amazing shooting. He's having an amazing game against New Orleans that they should have won, and then he gets hurt because he plays 41 minutes. That's and then he he's basically been kind of limping to the finish line since. That's that's got to suck, especially for like someone like him. Like 
I mean, if we, we talk about it, he misses games. Like he gets hurt a lot. Yeah, and he misses games. And you, like, you know that going happening. in. That's that's part of the experience. Yeah, and that's that sucks. Um, man, Maxi Kleba was his uh, was he as invisible as his box, his his stat line looks tonight? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was awful. Um, shout out to to uh, he has been so unbelievably bad since Skin yelled at Mavs fans for. Doubting him, like he did hit a game winner, so we got to give him credit there. But like, it's just the guy. The guy is he was coming into the season with too high of everybody needed too much from him coming into the year, and he hasn't been that good. And I, I'm not, I don't hold that against him. I hold the weight of expectations. It's it's just the Mavericks didn't do anything. They, it's like you know, I'm sorry. I was reading. I was, I've been reading some old takes today, and and um, D Magazine's Jake Kemp. Uh, D Magazine's wrong me. The tickets Jake Kemp wrote an off season piece in the middle of the summer about, he's like, what, you know, they, they improved the roster was basically his takeaway. And then today he wrote a piece where it's like, things are as bad as they could be in Dallas. And it's like, you know, want to know why it's because they didn't improve the roster. Like they, they wore, they rolled out the same group of guys. Yeah. What it's, this is, it's so funny. This, this whole, I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about how much bullshit I got last summer for being like, of all things, JaVale McGee, like, it wasn't even most, you know, it was just like, are you guys serious? Like, why? I don't know why that was the straw that broke some people, some people's backs when I Cause it was NBA made apparently the controversial JaVale take McGee. that JaVale McGee was a bad guy. That like, was I the fucking take. It's a bunch that, of casuals that don't watch the NBA once the Mavericks are out of it. Sorry. I would bet my ass that most well, people it was coming from it. It was... Yeah, it was coming from other people that we know that know better, though. And that was that was what was disappointing. And... And what sucks is it's like there's no I told you so because we don't like this sucks. I don't want the like, Mavericks to miss the playoffs. Yeah, this is awful. Like this is the worst season I can remember. To in to me, in, it's this one and the first Harrison. This might be the worst Harris. season since I've started. Yeah, but at least we knew that season was going to suck, right? <laughs> there's a difference here. I like, knew it was uh, going to suck. Uh, yeah, I know. Maybe some people did. We're still hanging on, but like I can't think of like maybe the. The OJ Mayo year when Dirk was hurt, you know, that, that kind of sucked because that was like, wow, the was Dirk era is kind of over. Year? Like they're not. Con- okay, yes, yeah. that was the Mike James the, year, that, Darren, when he, when he started over Darren Carlson. <laughs> that's definitively number like, one for me. That 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 season turned me. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think so too. Um, that was uh, that was the season that came after Cuban saying we're better off without uh, Dwight Howard, I believe. Um, or at least that was the season after the. It was either that was the season either after Darren Williams said no or Dwight Howard said no. I can't remember. Um, there's so many rejections to keep track of there. Uh, man, that's great. Like I opened. It was the first thing I did when the credits rolled. I was like, oh, let me check them out because honestly, I didn't think about them. Like during the movie, I wasn't thinking about them because I was having such a good time, and I was like, wow, this is great. I'm not thinking about this dog shit team. And then I checked the app, and I was like, okay, well, they had to like they couldn't have lost this game, and like. 117 109 and to see that like apparently like the score hides how much of a game it wasn't like like they got their ass kicked in the first half like it was just i mean what do you even say anymore like the season's over like they're gonna go on the road for for, like five straight games like they're gonna suddenly turn it around like i mean the post game sounds like this was the last game of the season and they got eliminated doesn't it like no one there's no rally i mean it's like, like there's a real argument to be made that they should that they should pack everybody up. I mean, Matthew talked about that on the post game show. 
the the sum of all like, yeah, like let's just what are you doing with Kyrie? Let's just address this because we're an hour in, and anybody that is listening on the recording of this show on a weekend is a true glutton for punishment. You are our people. I love you. But let's just be clear here. The worst possible outcome for the Mavericks is finishing ninth, tenth, missing the playoffs, and then not getting their draft pick. I can't like that's my sum of all fears. Yes. Yes. What are they right now, Tankathon? They have they're eleventh. Mm-hmm. So they would lose that. Like would... They need to like like there's an earnest <laughs> argument to be made that they should pack it up. They're not gonna. They're not gonna. I mean, I don't know if you saw this no. tonight, but uh but uh, the billionaire owner Mark Cuban wore a shirt that said "Question Authority," tucked <laughs> into a pair of jeans. It's my favorite thing. What a, what a loser! Like, I wonder how much of that bullshit affected their energy level to come out of this game. I mean, maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into well, things. The, no, the fact no, that, that the, was... the pregame show talked all like they had on uh, Nico Harrison to talk about the protest, and it's like, yes, are you like, serious? We're talking. That is a joke. That is an absolute joke. Enormous loser energy. Enormous loser energy. Everyone involved in this should be fucking embarrassed. It's like getting mad. Like, I promised I wasn't going to get mad. The the response to that should have been screw the bad call. We need to play better. Let's go win this game. Like, the fact that they lingered on that, it's that is unreal. That is not an organization that has its priorities straight. Like, that is. That's awful. That's horrible. Like, how does that not seep into the locker room if your GM is talking that nonsense? Like, yeah, because they know they know they fucked up. You fuck up and move on. Yeah. Like, basketball is too many, too many possessions, too many minutes, too many games to harp on one possession to make a point. I understand the point they were making, but it's such loser energy. That's well, unreal. do you want do you want to hang out? Right. Well, while, that explains. Well, I bring people up. Yeah, yeah, bring someone in. So I don't want you to stand up on that. No, I don't care. I'll hang out a little bit. I got, I got kids soccer tomorrow. All right, Jeffrey, we're gonna try this again. Jeffrey came in and then quit immediately. What's up, man? Hey, Kurt, can you hear me? I can. Thank you. For- hey, first time, long time. Uh, really appreciate what you guys do. I I appreciate that you guys are a little bit more. Negative, I think. I, mean, I, think pra- so, I prefer uh, pragmatic, but it ends up being it, it ends up pragmatic, being negative. Yeah. yeah. It, the thing I hate about yeah. the negative thing is it's like I don't. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just this is like in my brain. I'm calling it like I see it, and if it's good, I'm going to say it's good. If it's bad, it's going to be bad. Like there's no like I'm not trying to be optimistic or negative. I'm just trying to assess what's in front of me, and that's what really pisses me off when people are like try to boil down my analysis that I work really hard on to, oh, he's just a hater. It's like, fuck off. I don't want to hear that. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I generally do appreciate that. I, and uh, I, Josh, I remember the, the Twitter back and forth with you and Jake. I mean, I, I like Jake a lot too. It's just, I think you guys bring a pretty unique point of view. So, you know, really appreciate it. Um, but, you know, your Cuban comments just cut, get me thinking like, I'm a long, tor- uh, you know, long suffering Cowboys fan. And, I think Cuban's actually been the worst owner over the last decade or, you know, 12, 13 years since the actual championship. It's, it's been a horrible 10 years and he just does so much clown shit. Like the Kobe Jersey retirement is just, that was a cringe moment. Like, and that's, that's not even, you know, relating to the actual team and their, their composition, but the, all the scandals, he's like just turning over the whole franchise to Luca and not, 
trying to put in any structure. It's just, he's just a loser recently. And it's, it's super frustrating. I, like he's not the same owner. I remember pre 2010. Well, the, some of it's his age. Some of it's the fact that he changed the league for the better. And you inevitably become, you inevitably become the thing you, you, cause he was a disruptor and now he's the old guard. And when you're 40 and you're within a, a stone's throw of some of these players age, it's pretty cool. But as he's gotten older, and I wrote 2,000 words about this before they signed Jason Kidd, a lot of what he brings to the table, Cuban as an idea, I think players really like. Cuban as a person, who relates to a 60-year-old man? Yeah. That's tough. And it's not his fault. Like He, he came yeah. on my show, Josh and I show last year, almost a year ago this time, or a little over a year ago this time. And he was like, wouldn't you do this if you were a billionaire? And I was like, yeah, thank God I'm not a billionaire. Yeah, um, and my last thing I'll say is I, I think he's just lost his way. He's kind of become a character of a caricature of himself, and I think I think the kid hiring is the perfect example of that, right? Like I heard that before they hired Carlisle, they did like crazy studies. They brought in like consultants. They they talked to it was it was a really thorough process. And you know I don't know if Carlisle was the favorite back then before they hired him, but you know lo and behold they they made a really smart hire and and it was well thought out. This kid thing like happened in two days. Did they didn't even run a process? Well, I mean, they they threw um, Dirk out there as a human meat shield. Well, Dirk said it was a great idea, so let's do it. I will never like that's that's the most yeah. that upset me so much. I didn't know how to. I didn't even know what to do with it because then if you were to say anything, it became well. You're questioning Dirk. You're questioning our franchise best player. Are do you know more than Dirk? And my answer was like, well, no, but I also know shit that Dirk doesn't know because Dirk probably doesn't know what he did in Milwaukee because he was playing basketball. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's like Dirk and Kid Hall of Fame players, but they may not be the best decision makers. It's just I feel like Cuban used to be so smart and shrewd, and and he's just completely lost his way. He's just flailing now. Yeah. yeah. So a couple of things happen. One is because, and this is because of Cuban, because he he ushered in a lot of this. The league got smarter. Like when Cuban joined the NBA, you have to remember how many dog shit franchises there were. Like <laughs> Donald Sterling Clippers, Vinny Del Negro coaching the Chicago Bull. Like I mean, there was some organizations that were just pits, and they were just there to collect ticket revenue and and sell merch, and 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 that's it. And they didn't care, and they had old ways and they didn't know. And Cuban was a young guy that wanted to mix things up. And to his credit, he ushered in an era of smarter basketball thinking. Like you can give him credit for that because the league has gotten significantly smarter since he's been an owner. Like you look at even some of these bad teams, like still have like good principles and, 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 and seem to, you know, do the right things like OKC, you know, hasn't been, to the playoffs in, in years, but you look at the way they're managed, the way that style they play, it's like they're going to be set up pretty great in the future. Like there's just no, there's some still some perpetually bad franchises because there's still some older owners out there that are kind of hanging on. But like it's different, it's a different ball game now. He we just lost. He doesn't have that advantage. We, we just lost to a bad franchise yeah. run by a bad owner. Yes, like, yeah. This is one of the few. Yeah. And then another thing is this is Cuban's first time having to cater to a superstar that is not guaranteed to give him undying loyalty uh, and, and respect. 
Like Dirk, Cuban inherited Dirk. Dirk was on the roster for two two years, two seasons, I think, before Cuban bought the team, at least one. You know, I think Cuban bought it in 2000 and Dirk got drafted in 98. Um, and Cuban didn't really have to, you know, he grew up in that era of the mid-2000s. There just wasn't, stars did not change teams whole often. Like you think about how many years KG stayed in Minnesota, Tim Duncan in, in San Antonio, Kobe uh, with the Lakers. You know, the only, you know, there were only a couple of big star moves every now and then. It was KG moving to the Celtics, Shaq getting traded to Heat, but it wasn't like it is now where it's like, you know, James Harden has played for like four teams in like five seasons, like MVP, and he's won an MVP. Like that That did not happen in the mid-2000s. So that was not something he had to worry about. He didn't also have to worry about spending. He could outspend everyone because the, the penalties for spent outspending and the tax were not what it was like now. Um, and now he's dealing with like the penalties are greater and he is not 100% a basketball owner anymore. You think about his other interests have expanded since, you know, 2005 when he, like, remember, it used to just be Mavs. He was not, you know, Shark Tank when he first got here. He was 100% all Mavs. He's got a lot of other investments and businesses now that he has to manage. So money is different. Going into the tax is different. He doesn't have that advantage anymore. He's got a superstar that you have to cater to. We talked about the Carlisle hire. And, and you think about it, like, Ruth, uh, Cuban hasn't hired that many coaches since he's been here. Like, that's been kind of a thing. And Josh, Josh, you missed Andrew coming up. Carlisle resigned. Andrew came up on stage and noted that they've only had to fire one coach. And it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So Cuban doesn't fire coaches really. Like he tries to give them chances and he didn't want to fire Carlisle. I mean, if you read the quotes and you talk about like, maybe it was inevitable. Maybe he would have fired him if Carlisle didn't resign. We don't really know, but it sounded like he wanted to try to make it work. And, the kid thing happens because he's now faced with an era of, oh, my God, I can lose my star. And so now he's kind of shifting gears, and he's never had to build a team around a guy where he doesn't have the security that he had with Dirk. Like, he never had to worry about Dirk leaving. I mean, I know Dirk has said, like, maybe once or twice it got a little close, but, like, Dirk was never leaving. And, you know, now he's he's figuring out, oh, my God, I got to build it. Like, I got to keep a star happy. Uh, you know, let's bring in Q, like kid. Let's bring in the guy the players like. Uh, you know, because you know Carl didn't work, so it's changing things. You know, if he didn't have to worry about Luca leaving, I bet you he hires a different coach than Jason Kidd. Like I, I really do, because I think he really valued what Rick brought. Well, I mean, the challenges um, though so, is that that the the what they I think what they had hoped for from Kidd was that to, to help bring Luca back to earth as he was sort of spiraling upward in ways that weren't healthy. And unfortunately what we've seen over the last three months and, you know, Josh, I'm sure you've seen the quotes by now, like Luca's quote in the post game is kind of, it's, it's the most human I've ever felt about him because he's such a machine and he's such, he's just, he's on a different level of basketball player and I feel bad for him. But at the same time, his behavior is fucking terrible. And they've not been able to spot, like, they've been able to do nothing to curb it. It's gotten, like, guys, like, I'm going to get killed for this for, for any of our Slovenian fans who have been listening. But, like, go check out a game in November and a game now. The the stuff he does now is almost a parody. He argues every fucking. Yeah, it's really bad. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah, but that's, you know, I just, Cuban does, there, there are basketball reasons Cuban doesn't have advantage anymore, and then there's some other personal things. But I think it's just, you know, he's not the smartest guy in the room anymore. And he 
he banked on that for a lot of the Dirk era. And then he also had Dirk, who was like a one-of-one superstar. So he's doing stuff that he's never had to do before. And it's that's tough when you're 60. It's <laughs> it's tough to teach a, an old dog new tricks. So, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But I've thought that he's never going to fire a kid uh, no matter what happens. But, I mean, if they don't even make the plan, maybe all bets are off. I don't know. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's getting it's getting pretty dark uh, out there for sure. I mean, we're at a point where now the the Cowboys are the team that like draft well and make the really smart offseason moves. And I'm like, what's happening? Yeah, that that's that's the epiphany I had tonight. Is <laughs> holy crap, the Cowboys have actually had a better decade than the Mavs, and 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 Cuban is becoming Jerry. Like it's in a lot of ways, it's it's sad. Yeah, except Jerry at least hired like who is Cuban's Will McClay? Like, I don't yeah. know, is it Nico? I don't know. Maybe oh, all of I us. Mean, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, was it? Maybe, might have been. Uh, we'll see. This is great takes. What else you got for us, Jeffrey? Awesome. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for hanging out, man. I hope you come back. Even when we, even when we move to uh, to YouTube, to Josh's chagrin, um, Harris, my man, what's sure. going on, dude? Matt's got me fucked up. <sighs> I uh, came from the, yeah, I came from the game today. Uh, I definitely picked the worst season to, f- to get uh, season tickets, so that's been a great experience. It's just like I know they're limited. I know that the front office is doing, but they're not really giving a shit. Like everyone has been saying, they're not putting giving enough effort to succeed. Like ah, Luca and Kyrie are hurt. That makes sense. Kyrie is not going to shoot one of eight on wide open threes in a normal game, but no one is making it easier for him. Can Christian Wood, when he gets passed out of a double team, make a decision within two seconds so that no one recovers on the backside? And it's just like, oh, they have to do the same shit again. Uh, can Josh Green look to the basket once in the whole game? Like, I, when the Josh stuff is on its own score, realm of weird, and I don't know how to talk about it's it. It's so insane. How is he scoring 20 points in games we don't have these stars and then not looking to the basket at all? There's, if, if, you go to, if you go to any GIF searcher and type in Muppet Fast, there's this video of, of, of a like, – I can't even remember what it's from, but of like a Muppet zooming around like a lunatic. And that's what I think of. Like when Josh plays with Kyrie and Luca, he becomes stupid. I don't – Yeah, it's just – he just, I. Oh, I just he, noticed he, his his stat line. Holy he crap! Three. He took three shots, and he he jumped like he. I go see does this once of every game. I've I've been there. Like he drives directly to the basket, is maybe like two feet from it, and passes it out in midair when he could have just like gone for a shot. Like it's fine if you don't make it, but like you gotta like wait when your stars are hurt and you're the guy who's relied on when they're not playing the game. If they're not playing well, maybe just drive to the basket. Maybe try to make a shot. Maybe try to. Like, don't make Frank Nalakina look like the best role player on the team. <laughs> and it's like, like, uh, did y'all listen to like the dunker spots? They uh, went over like the the. I saw teams. it, and I was and like, talk- I can't subject myself to this because they're just gonna cook us, and I I can't. They cooked us. <laughs> they cooked us so hard, dude. Oh my god! He basically talked about how like uh, Kyrie, uh, Kyrie, Luca. He didn't like the way the teams were defending us because they basically just say, "Okay, we're still going to double Luca, and we're going to pre-rotate to Kyrie, and uh, you're just—it's going to be the same situation that you had with Spencer and stuff." So the other role players have to do it, and now you have less role players. 
And trying to go big like they've been doing has been bad because it makes us slower on rotations and we can't rebound anyways because they suck at rebounding. So what is it really fixing? And, I mean, Reggie Bullock had a great, like, game running around Steph last time. But if you put a person with a ball in their hand who's going to dribble at him even a little bit, he's cooked. He's done. Like, he couldn't do anything this game. It's just, like, how many wide-open threes did y'all see in, like, the first half? How are they? Many. Like, I just, like, that's an effort thing. Many. And wide-open layups. Like, just – and. That's bad enough, but when you, I, I don't I really don't want to get a kid for this because like the roster sucks, the players aren't playing well, they're not doing it. But when you cut the lead to six and the group you've been in has played played well, and then you sub all the starters back in and you go back down to fifteen, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't understand. I don't know. I feel you, man. I just like, how. How did they give up 69 points to a Hornets team without Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball? And I'm looking at some of the guys uh, in the I'm like, man. Yeah, they let, they left a lot of wide-open corner threes and did not rotate to them, didn't X out. There's also a lot of big-to-big passing from, like, high-low yeah. that the Mavericks could do nothing about. They, they literally can't contest it at all. It's insane. Um, it's a mute it's, button, it's, Josh Bo, when you're typing, you slack-ass. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, we got killed by JT Thor. That was pretty amazing. Yeah, who 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 the fuck is JT Thor? How I don't know, man. Great to... name though. Oh, great my God, name. name. But like, it's it's hard to care so much about this team this season when you and when you and you're at the finish line and they're acting like this. Yeah, like it, it makes your whole commitment to the team as a fan feel like a waste. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good night, man. All right. See who we got next. Got a couple more people, and then I should go. Um, oh, God. Still got four left. We're going to get there, everybody. Michael. Hey, Kirk. I can hear you. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, um, I'm not going to belabor the point. I think everyone's kind of already vented everything I was going to vent about. Um, but I do just want to say that the Mavericks are one – or no, they're actually – a half game back from having a 96% chance of keeping their pick. So uh, I think, yeah, I think it's uh, time to, uh, you know, shut it down and, uh, you know, just uh, hope that surely this year will be the year where the Mavericks will move up in the lottery order. And, Hey, the team directly the team directly ahead of them in the Tankathon uh, standings is Chicago, who they play in the second to last game of the season, and who is in the play in a more secure play in spot than the Mavericks are. So, I don't know. Maybe that's the right call. I don't know. They also play the Pacers, who are directly in front of them in the Tankathon, or not directly, that's, but as yeah. yeah, ahead of them. My thing is, so, is that Kyrie. Like, if Kyrie isn't healthy, they, you know, even if they were in a better playoff position, you know, you don't want to fuck around with foot injuries. Like, it's those are those change right. careers, um, and especially at Kyrie's age. So, even if they were like a half game back of sixth right now, I would, I would seriously consider shutting down Kyrie until 
he, he, you know, until he's at a point where he can't hurt himself any further. I don't know. Maybe that's where he is right now. Maybe he can't. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but to see him struggle, I mean, I didn't watch it, but to see his box, his box store, I can only imagine he was laboring with that foot. Um, so it just, it feels kind of pointless to just kind of run them through the meat grinder if they're in the position that they're currently in. <sighs> yeah. Like, I mean, both like Kyrie and Luca are clearly not hundred percent like Luca. I mean, I wasn't able to watch the entire game, but I mean, just from seeing how he's looked uh, moving around since he got back, I still don't think, you know, even if we do like make a, you know, make a run of it and get back into the mix. I just don't see how there's been, there's any route to even like an, like they have to rely so much on three point shooting. Like, I think you had like a piece where like the Mavericks, like they're own the only way they've been getting by is by three point shooting. Like they're the, they were the best three point shooting team since the Kyrie trade. And they're like below 500. And then tonight you see what happens when their three point shots don't go down. And they're still like 30%. It's not like crazy bad. It's just like, if, if they're three points, they're not shooting like 45% from three, then they're losing to anyone. They're losing to anyone just from how ineffective the front court is. So, I, yeah, I, dude, yeah. since fe- February 8th, they've been outscoring teams from the three point line by an average of 18 points per game. And they're, they were seven <laughs> and 10 in those games that I counted. Like, it's not that they were just shooting well, <laughs> their opponents were shooting horribly. Like, the advantage they had at the three-point line for the last couple of weeks, it was like one of two things were going to happen. They were either going to stop making threes and they were going to start losing, or uh, they were going to keep making them and you know maybe maybe rebound like 5% better, defend the paint 5% better, and, and start winning games. And it's pretty clear, I think, which which way this is going because you're right. They If they don't make threes, they, they, have, nothing, they have nothing else. They don't have defense. They don't have rebounding. They have Luca swearing at the rim, and that's about that's about it. Yeah. So I don't know. I think I'm on team tank at this point. Like maybe is, is it tanking like, if you just suck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like honestly, they could play Kyrie and Luca. Like they might like you know, all right, just have them like continue to struggle through it. But it's the the effort level or like the mobility that we have is just like so poor that we might lose all the games anyway, even if they do play. So this, I guess you could call it organic tanking, but like, if you look at how the odds line up for the lottery, like we're like 11th is pretty obviously the worst place to be because we'd convey it to the Knicks for 11th. But if we pretty much, I mean, I don't think the Mavericks are ever going to do this or admit to doing this, but if we like, you know, go like two and six or one and seven or even I don't know, lose out, then like the odds go from like getting from getting in the top four from seven percent to like twenty nine percent, even if we move up by like even if we like lose if we're like behind uh Utah and Chicago by like one game, then the odds go up dramatically. And I know that that's kind of heresy to say that as a Mavs fan, but I mean, at one point, Minnesota was, was was the unluckiest team in the lotto, and they eventually made it. So maybe this is the year. Maybe this is my way of being optimistic. <laughs> there you go. I no, I can't really. That's kind of the only way that I can find a silver lining here. I mean, we're at the point where I think you're not being a pessimist, but the most objective outlook for them, this team to 
get better going forward is to somehow secure a top 10 pick in one of the most loaded drafts in the last 10 years. So like, you know, if you can re-sign Kyrie and you get a top 10 pick and you get like, I don't know, one of the Thompson twins or I don't know who they get, but like this draft is loaded. Like give me Coppell, Anthony with, Black. You, sure. Get him too. Like him, technically you know, Duncanville, but whatever. I still claim him. What, you know, what if they get, you know, what if, they get to fourth and there's Brandon Miller. Like, Ooh, I, I mean, still think, I think my hot talk, take is that he was going second. Yeah. Yeah, he might. Yeah. And then, okay, if he's going second, then Scoot's there. Like, and if, and if you don't want to get Scoot because you've got Luke and Kyrie, then you trade, you trade down, you pick up another. Like, I'm just saying, if, if you want this team, the fastest way for this team to turn it around in terms of roster building is absolutely them getting a top 10 pick this year. Like, yeah. That's, that's the clearest path. I mean, and that's, I know people are going to say, "Oh, you suck." No, nah, man. There's like, there's a lot on, of that guys. right like, that's, now because it's that's, just, it's it's dark. It's dark. That's the best way. As uh, one Mark Cuban once said several years ago, uh, "Perhaps losing is now the best option." I think yes, that's what he got fined for. That is actually. exactly what he got fined mm-hmm. for. Michael, thank you so much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, keep in mind, guys, um, Josh and I don't get paid for these right now. We're still between networks, so we're true sickos staying along this line. That's how much we love y'all, or at least me. Josh is a hater. Just kidding, Josh. All right, um, Brandon, welcome. Give Mr. Pearson a second to unmute himself. He probably fell asleep. What's up? Do it every time, Kirk. I mess up every time. I'm well. I'm well, man. Uh, I'm glad people are getting to chance to vent on here because man it was a it was a tough loss and I just brought up I guess the night before which team has more upside um, Dallas may have a more upside but Charlie got the win and they look like they're having fun <laughs> too they look like athletes NBA athletes <laughs> you know that's, that's something that I don't know Dallas haven't had a lot of but man, dude, that's um, the thing, isn't it, dude? They when's the last time Dallas felt like an athletic team, ever? <laughs> exactly, ever when they ever had just like super. I mean, they've had athletes at the end of their career, but they haven't had any that's just like, you know, God. I mean, they had PJ Washington and, and, and Dennis Smith out there, and I mean, they're not the best, but they're athletes and they play like athletes. And you know, we got older veterans, you know that. Man, move like you know Moses Malone at his older stage, which are serviceable but not athletes. So it's kind of it's, it's polar opposites in rosters, um, and it's so top heavy. Where you got Luca, uh, Kyrie, and Christian scoring double figures, and the rest is just like a significant drop to the single digits. But um, man, I was just thinking like, and I brought up before I'm a, I'm a Mets fan. And um, somebody had brought up, you know, Dallas has only fired one coach. And I kind of compare that – I don't know. I compare that firing to kind of how um, when Willie Randolph took the Mets to the to the 06 um, NLCS. They, they had a lot of upside. And then, you know, he got them there and, and uh, kind of fell off. But it was, it was the year that David Wright was kind of on a tear. And, I mean, if anybody who watches baseball that remembers David Wright, he was kind of – he wasn't Luca, but he was pretty much the, kind of being the face of baseball. And he was just 
nobody they never really built around him. And that's to me that's kinda how um the Mavericks are. They're, it could end up being wasted talent like that. Unfortunately David Wright got hurt and you know the the um team went down and I would hope that they would try to kinda like you said before, Kirk, put something around Luca in the foreseeable future before, you know, some type of worst case scenario or some type of fallout happens because that's just the implication of what could happen to a, a franchise whenever things go south. Well, and and really the one of the main problems in any endeavor, not just but it is a lot of it is sports, is that teams rarely realize when things are going south until it's too late. And that's kind of the big concern I have because we've been looking at this for a year. Like that seven game win streak was so fraudulent and we all knew it and we all decided to be like, okay, we're just going to have fun because we don't really have any say. And the problem was the Mavs believe their own bullshit. And then January was really hard. They got worked. They were terrible. And then it's all, oh, okay, well, we go get Kyrie. And you, you solve one problem and you create two. And where the Mavericks are right now is in a, is in an odd position because you, Josh wrote about how that having two superstars is a great way to build moving forward, but like you got to re-sign Kyrie for that to happen, and that's not a guarantee. Everything like everything feels bad right now, and that's everything feels bad. And I mean, and everything's going to remain the same. To me, everything's going to remain the same, even if you do sign Kyrie, because you could put a bandaid on on. Uh, the offense, but still, you know, still the significant factors of having McKinley Wright, uh, Davis Breton, um, and, you know, McGee and everybody else on the bench without having, you know, another ball handler, nobody that could come in and get offensive rebounds and it, athleticism in general. So um, it's going to make it easier for people to watch, but I wouldn't expect a different outcome if they did get Kyrie because they're going to roll out the same talent. You know what I mean? Yes. It's like street, like street basketball. You can play pickup and get your friend that plays well, but if you got three guys, it's not going to pull their weight. It's still going to get ran up. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't mean to shit on everyone's hopes, but all these people, Oh, we have Luca Kyrie and Jaden Hardy. And I'm like, the average height of that lineup is six, four. Like, what are you, what are we doing? <laughs> Can't do maybe six, five, but like, that's not an NBA size lineup. What are you doing? Man, Kirk, and what, what's so crazy is, God, the Mavs are averaging like, I don't know, seven offensive rebounds a game. <laughs> Steven Adams is averaging like six. He's almost averaging more offensive rebounds than the Mavs. And they're like last. They're like last, last. They were last place last year, and they're like last place this year. And, I mean, it's, that's something that you can't ignore because they're just, you know, the cherry pick, the teams are cherry picking their shots, and they're just snatching up boards, you know, just willy-nilly doing what they want to do and, it's I don't know, um, but but one more thing, you know, Mark Cuban, you know, the shirt and, and just kind of his antics. I, and in my mind, I'm just like, you know, hit dog's gonna holler, and even if he doesn't come out and say it, you know, he has to know that, you know, man, I'm sitting there running my mouth and I'm just I'm just looking, you know, like. Well, my favorite. We're so far into this. I'm gonna read this joke. I'm gonna read that. Come on, mouse. So oh, my mouse just died. I'm gonna, there was a joke about. Um, uh, about Cuban and about the booing that sent me over the edge during the game. And I just, we're so far into this now that I have to read this joke. This is from at your guys, your guy, Charles. And he's quote tweeting my man, Mike Bibbins, Bibbs corner. He says, 
Del Curry says, we're in Texas, but that's not a moo sound you're hearing. Those are boos. Well, my man Charles, at your guy Charles, <laughs> says, Cuban, are they booing? Skin, no, sir. They're saying moo because we're in Texas. And I died because it's just the perfect thing. Because it's like, I've honestly not heard boos in that arena. I can't remember when. But that's that's yeah. the kind of performance it was tonight, you know? Man, and it, it, to your point, I, it's kind of hard to remember when they haven't sold out of, uh, you know, sold out games. And, and it's kind of hard to think about whenever they – you wouldn't associate booing with the Mavericks, you know what I mean? Because the fans are so low, but, man, that's crazy. I mean, he, he went to being the um, – man, the, I, I would say the villainous, the villainous owner. He's replaced Jerry Jones on that level. You know, I don't I don't have anything against Jerry Jones, but – just in public perception, I think that he's replaced Jerry Jones as being the villainous owner just because of his hubris and right. his antics. And kind of like you said, billionaires, they don't have – they shouldn't have the gumption to want to say something like that. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much for hanging out once again. You got anything else for us? No, uh, y'all take care. Right, thank be you. Be good. Do-do-do. Oh, uh, got a couple more names I recognize and a couple that I don't. So I'm going to go with names I haven't seen as much in here. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, Kirk and Josh, how's it going? It's great. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, thankfully, I was at a concert with my wife, so I did not have to witness this. But I did get texts from my brother throughout the first, second, third, and fourth quarter. And I just can't believe the utter shit show, excuse my language, that this has turned out to be. It's miserable to watch. It's just absolutely miserable. And everything you've said and everyone today has said is 100% accurate. And it's just so frustrating because there is no hope. I text my buddy the other day, this is going to be the biggest offseason in Mavs history. He's like, didn't we say that the past X amount of seasons? I was like, you're absolutely right. It's frustrating, man. And, and, and there is no hope at the moment. I know we have Luca, but... I just don't know if we trust the pieces that are the people that are driving the ship to, to guide us in the right direction. Yeah, of course I'm muted when I'm talking. I certainly understand that it is a, uh, it is, it is a difficult year to be a Mavs fan, which is ridiculous to say. Yo, absolutely. But I'll hop off now, but kudos to you guys. And really, I mean, I listened to all the pods after uh, the games, win or lose, and you guys are at least a little bit of joy uh, throughout the season. So let's see how it finishes up. But you guys keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Appreciate it so much. All right. Uh, Let's go to Brandon. Brandon, what's up? At least nobody died. That's right. It's an important qualifier. We're not the we're not the coach or the players. Uh, what are we gonna do? That's it. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Thanks so much, Brandon. Right. Talk soon. <laughs> Bye. Oh, that's great. I love that. All right, uh, Krishna, and then my man CBA Mavs. What's up, Krishna? First, uh, Kirk. Sometimes Krishna falls asleep or does laundry in the middle of the show, so I don't blame. Uh, should I go get my laundry? <laughs> <laughs> that might be more useful. Might be a little more entertaining. Fair enough. Might what be. you got? It's been a while since you've hung out with us. I mean, honestly, I'll, I'll say this: after the Kings, the second, the back-to-back Kings games, I was like, 
I'm not going to pay close attention to this team. I felt I already felt it at that moment that this was not going to end well because my feeling this whole season was kind of that this team really needed to retool. Like there were too many players who are good players, but in the roles that they're being asked to do, they are just not good enough to, to, to accomplish that. And I don't even want to talk about the trade because that's not the important thing. But the issue is when you are having injury problems with your superstars and then you're bringing them back because you're, you're in such a desperation and then they're not able to perform. And then you have guys who are trying to step up, but really aren't suited to those roles. Usually what you have is you have a coach who can compensate for that. But ultimately the reality is your coach is just not going to be able to do that in the situation. And then the other problems are you just have had all kinds of roster building issues for a lot of years that have really just built up to this point. And it's not like you fixed any of them and it's not like you've made roster changes that have not even completely removed them, but are even just equalized them like, or, or done a roster building change that has equaled any of the negative things that have happened. And ultimately at the end of the season, it's going to be like, you can't point the blame at anyone because every single person has a piece of the, the blame in this, like players are responsible for a lot of the poor performances that have happened. The inconsistency in general, the coaches are responsible for not being able to put a set game plan. I mean, the, the timeouts are just ridiculous at this point. Like, how can you have the number one offense yet one of the worst rated offense like plays play calling out of a timeout? Like that just doesn't seem to make sense. And then it's the same with upper management and ownership. There's just been a lack of understanding of what the reality of this team is versus their personal expectations and belief. Like, you know, I think you guys were talking about it earlier, you know, Jerry, like for as frustrating as Jerry is at some point, Jerry had Will McClay and even the, the Dallas stars realized this, like, you just cannot go and sign big name players and big name stars or try to go get them. Like that is just not the market you are in. Like it is not feasible anymore. And you have to be able to utilize other ways and other methods. And, you know, the mid two thousands, the Mavericks were good at utilizing trades. Like they were okay with that, but the Mavericks have not been good at trades at all. And they still have this inability to understand that the draft is such a viable area of getting prospects and it's it's this lack of utilization and this lack of understanding what the situation is that it's come to this point where we see a superstar who that's what Luca is for all the frustrations that he's had and completely valid. I'm also equally as frustrated. You're in the situation where you're looking at a superstar and instead of saying that, OK, we need one or two pieces. You're saying you need to overhaul an entire roster, which is which is detrimental to just every part of it as a whole. And it's kind of why, like, personally, I've just kind of taken a step back and not really cared for the team just because it's not worth my time. And I get it. So many fans are passionate, and that's what part of being a fan is. But who knows? Like, I don't know what to do and say because at this point, any energy I feel like I'm expending is just kind of a waste. But I really appreciate both of you. I know it's been really, really tough with all the podcast stuff and getting the feed, but I've been listening to you guys still. And it's been awesome. It's really been amazing. So hope you guys have a great night and take care. Thanks, buddy. Talk soon. We got one person left to go. My man, Scott. Welcome. Welcome. What's up tonight? Hey, Kirk. How are you and Josh? Surviving. You? Can you get in there? Oh, yeah. Good. 
it, <clears throat> good to chat with the fellow Moneyball guys. Uh, I got a quick, I got a joke. Yeah, like I thought I had it a while before my offseason uh, article that I had to write. So I guess to you guys, the uh, editors, I need to uh, speed up that. There's only 16 days left Whew. until the end. Man. Um, <clears throat> number two, the tiebreaker situation. Like I wanted to say like, Michael said we're half a game out from getting keeping our pick, but we're half a game out of being in a three-way tie for keeping our pick. So we'd have to mm. win two point flips to get there. And the last time we were in a three-way tie for a spot, we lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have much confidence in that. We'd have to actually – but the one good thing is that one of those teams that's worse than us, the Bulls, if they finish like ahead of us, but then they actually make the playoffs from the play-in, then the team that has the higher record would actually be at the lottery team and they'd be behind us and push us up one. So that's kind of like a little, uh, you know, maybe we'll come into play later on, but we need to be the ninth. We can't be the 10th. If we're the 10th, then basically it's not too, I mean, it's likely that we would keep the pick, but maybe one of the teams behind us would jump up in front of us about a 23% chance, I think. And I don't really want that. I don't want that kind of math. Math like that never works in Dallas favor. Yeah, we've never moved up in the entirety. In fact, the time when we won the coin flip with the Hawks to get the uh, third, that was that ended up costing us a first-round pick because then we had to trade them the first-round pick to get where they bumped up to the third. So it's basically always sucked. Um, and then third, like, uh, wait, yeah, I feel like we've had more games this season where we've gone into the game and I felt like, oh, yeah, we're going to win that. Yeah, and, and then we absolutely blow it. A hundred minutes. That's how long this podcast mm-hmm. is so far. It's really something. But <sighs> yeah, Bo went into John Wick thinking that we were going to win this game pretty easily. I did. I didn't even think about it. To be I honest, like when I went into the movie, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Um, we get to play them again. At noon, too, and the Mavericks are notoriously great in the afternoon uh, and on the road. So. Yeah. Brian said scheduled win. It was, <laughs> but. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Good to see you. Uh, you too, man. Yeah. Josh, do you have any closing parting thoughts for us? I actually do. Um, to send us all out on a cheerful note, um, I've been thinking for a while, like. <laughs> Watching like Reggie Bullock kind of do the best that he can um, to replicate what he did last season, and you know he he got burnt out. Like they they played him so many minutes in the playoffs, and it's just so funny thinking about like coming out of the playoffs. The reason the Mavericks won, part of the reason there there are multiple reasons why they're at the Western Conference Finals, but they leaned into a small ball, a modern small ball lineup that wasn't small because they had two bigger wings. And, you know, with Luca as a bigger guard, and then they have Reggie and they have Dorian. um, And they, you know, wings win right now in the modern NBA. And Dorian and Reggie played the best basketball they played in their careers in those playoff series uh, against the Jazz and against the Suns. And it's so funny coming out of that that the Mavericks, you know, they only had their taxpayer mid-level. And what they took away from that was we need a big because Kevon Looney – uh, had some had some big games against us. When the reason you're in the Western Conference Finals at all was because the Mavericks' wing depth was the best it's ever been since Luka Doncic has been drafted. And I'm just thinking, like I'm sitting here and I'm looking at this article I wrote in the summer, 
with all possibilities of guys that were in the price range of that taxpayer mid-level uh, and who they didn't get. And I'm just... Dante Giovincenzo, they could have had him. He's with the Warriors. He's a good rotation player for them. Bruce Brown, solid solid wing glue guy for the Denver Nuggets. TJ Warren, uh, obviously hurt, but when he plays, he's been doing okay. And this is blowing my mind. Uh, Jalen Smith, big man that the Pacers re-signed. Uh, the Mavericks gave a bigger contract to JaVale McGee this summer than they gave to Jalen Smith, who I know the Pacers aren't doing very well. But Jalen Smith has played in 61 games, and he's averaging nine and nine points and six rebounds. Um, I know he's not a fantastic player, and he's got a lot of young, you know, he's got a lot of make, makes a lot of young mistakes. But I'm just like, it's just, oh my god, it's just funny to think how they use their money. And then of course, you know, they didn't sign Drajic, uh, Daniel House, a useful wing uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, who's averaging about 13 minutes a game off their bench. How nice would that be to have another wing, uh, you know, to come off the bench? Uh, instead of a Frank Milikina or, or or what have you, and I'm, it's just like that's the part that makes me sad. And I think you've talked about it, Kirk. Is you made the point that the team didn't know what got them to the Western Conference Finals. They didn't know the formula because it's clear if you go out and your biggest signing of the summer is get Javale McGee to be your starting center. Like it's clear you didn't re- understand why you won right. uh, in those playoffs. You can win the math. That but... makes it really difficult. Yeah. And now I'm like, so how do we trust them to know how to fix it if they didn't even know why they won? So that's really happy. That's Shockingly just, happy. Ending. Yeah, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. Now you can call me. Nathan. No, it's okay. I'm 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 having a pissy time online because I I I engaged. I I engaged on Twitter and now I'm I'm mad about things and and I'm just 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 gonna let it <laughs> just gonna let it go. I mean I I, okay. I, I well no I want I actually want to talk about this for a second. So I think Lucas quotes tonight Belay the most human he's ever been in the entire time he's been a Dallas Maverick. Just just incredible level like we we visualize him as like a superhuman because that's what he does for us yeah. he's an unbelievable athlete. and also he never says anything in media sessions like ever he, ever he gives one he more is, answers he is so he media trained he's so boring and so the fact that he said something he's just like look this is like things are not great right now on a variety of levels makes me uh, makes me a lot more defensive for him than i was before the game mm-hmm. where i'm really you know we talked about this I heavily considered writing a post where it's like, "Bub, gotta grow up." Just, just going through video clips and talking about it all because it's real bad. But now he says something right. where, where you know, he says something. Where he's like, "Look, I need some understanding." He doesn't say that, but the implication is, "I need some understanding right now." Okay, I'll give it to him. He's earned that. He's more than earned that. And some person online is like making light of somebody's personal situation. Because I, I personally, I think it's incredible. Like, he showed up to work anyway. Okay. He's having problems and he came and played anyway. And, you know, that's relatable because all of us go to work. We try, you know, all of us get up and go to work in spite of our challenges. That's the nature of life. You got to battle through shit. And the fact that he's made himself a human being instead of this, like, you know, untouchable superstar makes me like him a little bit more. Didn't know that was possible. <sighs> well said. Anyway, 
Everybody. So, so the rest of the roster sucks. <laughs> yeah. Heck with those guys. They're not allowed to have personal feelings and shit go on. Dwight Powell, yeah. how dare you go seven for seven from the floor? No, it's true. It's all of it. Like, we could all stand to realize these guys are human beings sometimes. I know, I know. I know. And it's okay for us to demand more from them. We we spend a lot of time on this. And, like, there's a whole, like, everybody on the internet, and this is just an internet problem. It's a societal problem. Spends a lot of time judging intention. But it's like, what are you here for? Well, I'm here to enjoy basketball. And if I don't enjoy basketball, I want to talk about why I don't enjoy basketball. And if I'm going off the rails, I want somebody to tell me I'm going off the rails. Christ knows you and I have these conversations at least every other week about me going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> that's, part of the, that's, part of, that's part of sports fandom. It's complicated. Life's complicated. Yes. Okay. We'll be back on Sunday. Maybe we'll try some new stuff Sunday. We mentioned that tonight, but Josh went and saw John Wick instead. Maybe yeah. I'll go see John Wick. But Sorry. No, I'm glad you did. I, I want to go see it. Are you kidding me? I'm, I was going to hop off and watch the rest of John Wick 3 um, tonight, so maybe I'll do that. There you go. Everybody be good. Thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, this has been Pod Mavericks Group Therapy. Follow and like us on uh, your various platforms, we're going to be transform. We're going to be transferring to something new, but it shouldn't matter for you guys now because almost everybody's reported back that they're at least getting the show, the art, and the name, and that stuff will transfer. That will happen. Everybody, be good, and we will talk with you guys soon. Go Mavs! I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.